Welcome to the Jada Edwards podcast. In this episode, I get to sit down with Bible teacher, author, evangelist, and friend, Christine Kane. We ask her all kinds of random questions and talk a little bit about her new book, Don't Look Back. You don't want to miss it. You're going to enjoy this. Make sure and share it with a friend. Welcome to season three of the Jada Edwards podcast. You'll get a little bit of Bible teaching, some great stories, and some great interviews along the way. This book has a lot of personal personal meaning for you. What was the thing that inspired you to write this book? Well, traveling everywhere and people saying to me, Chris, when are things going to go back to normal? Chris, when are we going to go back to normal? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like uh, they're not. <laughs> it's a, a new world. The, the tectonic plates of the planets have changed. But even though everything's changed, nothing's changed because... Paul writes, all the promises of God are in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if he's the same and his promises um, are yes and amen in him, then essentially nothing's changed. So, you know, even in that, that's, that story is not in the, in the book, but I wanted to preach something along the lines of what it is. Paul could have gone, are you kidding me? Everything's changed. The ship's gone. The, my purpose is, and it's like, no. God's word will still prevail. God's yeah. promise will still prevail. Yeah. And the fight of faith is the fight to hang on to the word of God and the promise of God and the purpose of God. And everyone's throwing that out in this moment because we think because the world's changed, God's changed. Ooh. And I'm like, y'all, uh, no. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. How has that been for you? I mean, I just look at your ministry in how many years now? 35. 30, 35 years of ministry. I sometimes I think years of ministry needs a bigger applause than years of marriage. Because listen, if you're faithful in the ministry, I'm for real. I mean, the, the scripture tells us the hardest thing we can do in ministry is to persevere. Oh, yeah. And we have an enemy who's prowling around. He's seeking 100%. to devour. Yeah, so just you've been a blessing to the body for so many years. What is it like for you in this season? Because it's easy to say, I've achieved. I'm good. What has it been like for you to either see the ship you thought was going to take you somewhere, run aground, and God give you a better ship? Or some kind of altering in your plans? How are you still being surprised by God? Constantly, because God's constantly doing a new thing. You know, the prophet Isaiah says, um, you know, God says, behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Most people get bored because they're not perceiving the new thing God's doing. Everyone's looking for the same old thing in a younger version. And so if you stop looking for the same old thing in a young... You need to come to the men's conference. <laughs> They might, they might need that word. <laughs> so, so with the Lord, you know, it gets better as you get older because you go from faith to faith, from grace to grace, yeah. the scripture says, from glory to glory. And Caleb said to Joshua, he said, you know, in, in Joshua 4, he said, I'm as young now, or strong, that word strong meaning, as he was 85. He says, I'm 85 years old. He had come out of Egypt he had seen the Red Sea part, manna from heaven for 40 years. He'd stayed faithful in the wilderness when everyone else was murmuring, grumbling, complaining. He saw the River Jordan push back. He saw walls of Jericho come down. He possessed the promised land. And at 85, after all of that, he says, oh, I'm not cashing in my 401k. I am not going to golf yeah. my way to heaven. Yeah. He said, mm -hmm. Moses promised me Hebron, and I'm not in Hebron yet. And so now Moses promised that to me, give me this mountain that's my inheritance. I've said to my kids, I say to my, I've got a lot of my staff here, um, I say, I don't even think I've entirely 
started to do the thing I'm actually on the earth to do. I think mm. all of this is preparation for what it is that God wants to do. Because if God was finished, I'd be home. That's right. And since I'm not home, and I've yeah. still got, by the grace of God, health, and I've got my mind, and um, that means, and the more is not, I'm not talking about bigger or faster or better. I'm talking about fulfilling purpose. So I should not feel, I can be content. Paul says, I've learned to be content. You can be content, but not satisfied. So yeah. I'm content in God, but I'm not satisfied that I fulfilled the purpose of yeah. God yet. That's so good. Oh, oh okay. my gosh. Listen, every day you wake up, you're like, I'm here for something. God hasn't called me home. And, you know, uh, we talk about in leadership, our husband, my husband talks about this a lot too, those 40-year increments of life. And sometimes we think in our 20s we have all the energy, and we do have the energy. Then in our 30s and our 40s we get the wisdom. <laughs> then later in life we have renewed energy and wisdom, and then we tend to be in our sweet spot right when people are thinking, the world says retire, and God yeah. is like, no, refresh, refresh, no. because And leadership studies and psychological studies will tell you your most fruitful year, if you soundtrack, your most fruitful decade is between 60 and 70. So I'm not even in my most fruitful decade yet. Yeah. <laughs> your <laughs> second most fruitful decade is between 70 and 80. Yeah. And your third most fruitful decade is the one I'm in now between 50 and 60. And so I'm 57 this year. So I'm, I've almost used up all of my third most fruitful decade. So I want number one and number two to be the most fruitful of my life. Listen, that's the, that's the truth. That's a good word. I, I can tell you now, my grandmother who's 95, I feel like when I sit at her feet, when I go to and sit with her, like every word she says Absolutely. is something, it's just, she don't have time for small talk. We're no, not talking about weather no. and what's on TV. She's like, you know what? Just 10,000 years we get to praise him and forevermore. Like it's just gems that are dropping. And so the fruit, the fruit is real. Okay. So the book now is about Lot's wife. Yes. Right, like that is kind of an obscure character. We only know because she looked back and the whole pillar of salt, and we were all scared and traumatized. If you grew up in children's church, and so you were like, Ugh, "Just, just keep looking forward," you know. So just don't look back. I don't know what might happen to me. <laughs> but that's a pretty that's a pretty big stretch from a study standpoint, and just to dive deep into that. What what inspired you to kind of dive what into that? Inspired me is Luke seventeen. So Luke seventeen. Um, right through from 20 to about 35, as it's, Jesus is talking about the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And he's talking, you know, the days of Noah and the days of um, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, if two people are in a bed, one's going to go, two people on a roof, one's... I mean, it's, it's intense. It's about the end times and the kingdom realized but not fully realized. Now, obviously, we've all lived on the earth the last seven years and the last three years. So you're reading texts like that and mm. you're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. In the midst of Jesus talking about the end times in this passage, it's like he's got Luke 17, 32, three words that look random at first. It's like he just says, remember Lot's wife. And okay, because of where the planet is, it caught my attention. Mm -hmm. And out of the 170 women in scripture that Jesus, that, Jesus, that scripture either alludes to or mentions by name, there's 170 there is only one woman that Jesus tells us to remember. Mm. It got my attention because, you know, and you hear sermons on everyone, Deborah, Esther, you know, all of them. But how many preach a sermon on Lot's wife, you know, in all the chicks' conferences that we've gone to? So, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, there's like, remember Lot's wife. And I was thinking and talking to Jesus and I said, well, I would be offended if I was Eve because I'd be like thinking, you know what? <laughs> Why what remember about her? <laughs> I was like, I was first. 
you know, I came out of a rib and I've been blamed for all the problems of humanity for the last, like, you know. And I can't then, get a mention. That's it. Or I thought, like, what about Sarah? The chick popped out a kid at 90 without an epidural. I'm like, seriously, why not her? Or, or like, Mary. I'm like, that's only, I'm your mother. Like, what do you mean? Remember me. But anyway, so this is how my brain works, right? I'm like, yeah. like, that's a little bit, like, offensive. Like, Lot's wife. She doesn't even have a name. Like, Lot's wife. That's so... That is not going to fly in 2023. What's your name? Lot's wife? No, darling, no. Okay, so... Of course, I'm like going, all right, but but I, obviously like you do when you're reading the text, yeah. sometimes the Holy Spirit Speech, illuminates yeah, certain yeah. things. And it was like, Christine, don't let this go. Don't let this go. And I'm like, it really struck me why in the midst of a moment when Jesus is describing the end of the world as we know it. And we have all felt like it's the end of the world mm -hmm. as we, in, in many ways, politically, economically, morally. So the world has just lost its mind. And so... Um, of course, then I'm like, all right, Jesus, if the world's burning as we know it, metaphorically speaking right now, you want us to remember Lot's wife. What do I need to remember? And, um, and so, of course, you go to Genesis 19 mm -hmm. and you start reading. And it's, it's a deeply disturbing passage of scripture on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing we all know, okay, so God decides to burn down Sodom and Gomorrah. And of course... The first, have you got a Bible there? Can you get up Ezekiel 16, sure 49? Ezekiel, I, I always mess with them too by bringing a paper Bible, but I got my iPad. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 16, 49 yep. to 50. Sure do. 49 to 50. Just read it. In a minute, yeah. yeah okay. So I want to set this because what happens is we're seeing Sodom and Gomorrah burning down. Of course, the world has lost its mind morally. We're all really aware of that. And normally, whenever we all think of Sodom and Gomorrah, of course, we instantly think of sexual immorality. And normally, the sin we love to highlight is whichever one we're not committing today. You know, that's right. the one that we go, um, <laughs> okay, that's, the, that's why Sodom burnt down, you know, because it's, cause that's the one I'm not doing today. And, um, and so it is true. It is because of immorality and the world is very unrighteous. But there's more to it than that. If you read 49 and 50. Yeah, so it says, behold... 16, right? Ezekiel 16, 16. 49. Yeah. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. They were haughty and did an abomination before me, so I removed them when I saw it. Oops, so there was, there was a bigger reason that it burned down than just the sexual immorality, though, of course, that is there in verse 50. But in verse 49, and you know, when you have, now metaphorically I'm speaking, you have a church that is full of pride, comfortable ease, a sense of just comfort and arrogance, and you forget the poor and the needy, as well as unrighteousness, immorality. And I'm looking at the world, and I'm looking at the reckoning that's happening on the globe in this moment. I'm thinking, oh, my word. This is why, you know, Scripture says only those things that can be shaken will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. That's why we don't have to panic. Whatever shaking is happening, it's of the Lord. I so believe in the sovereignty of God. God is in control of all of this. And so at the end of the day, um, I'm looking. So all of that was burning down for all of those reasons. And then... Um, she, the, the angel of the Lord came and he's rescuing her. Literally, she's touched by an angel. You know, she and her daughters and her husband. Um, and it's like the, those of us that are still in this after the last few years when so many have fallen away, so much has happened. God's got us. Mm -hmm. And 
If God is literally rescuing you, you, you know, pulling you out of something that's burning down, that he's done with, you would do the one thing that he says to do. <laughs> and the only thing he says to do is don't look back. And yet everywhere I go in the church world, everywhere I go, everyone's like, if we could just go back, if we could just go back. And the scripture says that in 1926, Lot's wife behind him looked back in the Hebrew, that's like with a longing, yeah, a longing a to want to go Absolutely. back. And there yeah. are so many of us, and this could happen to you relationally, emotionally, a longing to go back to something that God delivered you from. And so what we're having is so many of us in this season, I'm watching it as people are walking and going back, and I'm like, and longing. And yet our telos, we're being drawn towards Jesus and eternity. It's all that way. But the enemy has got us all, and he's got the whole narrative of the world right now is all of this, and, the, and we've adopted it. And so what you've got is this longing. You know, some of you are longing for a guy that God delivered you from. But anyway, so we're longing and wanting to go back. And of course she's going to look back. Like, why wouldn't she? Her whole world, her whole relational world's there. Oh, she might have just renovated her kitchen. I don't know, like whatever. She's, you know, like it's... But the Bible says, obviously, that she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. She got calcified and stuck in a place that she should have only been passing through. And we in the body of Christ in this moment are on the edge of getting calcified and stuck in a place that we were only supposed to be passing through. Ooh. Girls, I can say this because it's a women's Bible study. Now, those of you that know the scripture, you know what went on, what happened to her daughters with their father after that. When mothers, and I'm talking spiritually now, when mothers get stuck, our daughters, a generation is at risk and at stake and end up doing a whole lot of stupid things. And what happens right now, the enemy would love all of us to get stuck in whatever that might be because the generations are at stake on the earth at this moment. The fight is for a generation. It's more than us. So... That's where sort of Lot's wife really struck with me. Yeah. Ooh, that's so, man. Okay, yeah. That's a whole sermon. She snuck a whole second message in. That is so rich, and then I love that you see, I mean, we really see that consistency in the New Testament, where even Paul is like, forgetting what's behind that's me. That's it. You know, I press forward, because I do think it's a pressing, and I think that sometimes we think our spiritual maturity is measured by how easily we let go. No. It's a pressing. No, it's and that word pressing. press in the Greek means, in Philippians, it means to exert a steady Energy. force yeah. against. Yeah. I mean, it is... Um, you know, and I, I write about that in the book because we think forgetting, and I, I need you to understand, I'm not talking about dismissing or denying or diminishing. You, you all know my story, abuse and abandonment and adoption. The blood of Jesus does not give you amnesia. Right. It's not like I'm going, you know, don't listen to those people that go, it's under the blood, it never happened. That's called lying. Yeah. Faith is not calling those things that are as though they are not. That's called lying. Right. So when people go, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm like, yes, you are. That's like, that's a lie. Right. Faith is calling those things that are not as though they are. So if I'm not yet healed, I'm calling forth my healing or I'm yeah. calling forth, I'm calling that thing, but I'm not denying the right. reality. Right. I was right. abused. I was abandoned. Yeah. I was, a, that, that's yeah. a reality. The blood of Jesus doesn't give you amnesia, but it does give you a life beyond your past. And what we have on the earth right now 
is a narrative that says you've got no life beyond your past, that you are a victim of what happened to you. You actually have more agency than you think because if you were born again, you've been sealed until the day of redemption by the same power, the Holy Spirit of God, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you or me. So don't tell me we don't have agency. We have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in us. So for me, I think... Um, we have to understand, Paul says, forgetting those things that lie behind. So it's not the hardest things often to forget yeah. are the really good things that happen. Some of you are still talking about your high school volleyball games because, you know, you once played volleyball <laughs> 45 years ago, but you haven't been into the gym since. But, you know, it's like, that's okay. But you, you still got that ribbon and it's standing and praise the Lord. Okay, so I used to the be a cheerleader. Days, yes. yes. And I'm like, yes. okay, darling, so how about time to forget those things that lie behind? <laughs> And he says, and straining. He goes on. And you know, the church girls, we've forgotten to strain. Since COVID, some of us haven't even put hard pants on. We're still in sweats, okay? It's like three years later. I mean, and we don't want to come to church or we go once a month. It's yeah. a strain. Yeah. I don't want to fight the traffic. I don't want to, like, no. We forgot, we've gotten out of that spiritual faith gym and we don't know how to lift weight. We don't want to strain. And yet the only way you grow and develop faith muscles is you have got to stretch further than you ever were before. It's a strain. And we've all had this season, and it's okay. Seasons are good. Yes, sit down, reflect. There's only so long you can sing Kumbaya around the campfire. We've got a mission. We've got a job. There's a world going to hell. And we have been sent to redeem and see, and see this world reach with the gospel. So you've got to strain. So he says, forgetting those things that lie behind and straining. Mm. And he says, you know, then I press. And if I could give you a picture of what some of us are like, it's like, it like just now I came from a hotel, okay? And there was this chick standing in front of the elevator, so frustrated. She was saying a lot of four-letter words, none of them were love. And so she was, um, you know, in front of this elevator because she was so ticked off that the elevator was just taking so long. Yeah. But she forgot to press the button. And so I walked... And I feel like the Holy Ghost would say to some of you, it's time to press the button. It's yeah. time to, yeah. you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Because you're waiting press. on something. Yes. And if you have, and we talk about this often, um, if you have too passive of an approach, right. okay, because the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean passivity for no. the believer. Like I still have to activate yes. something. I still have to call God. I have to, have to engage heaven yes. and call, the, call down that power and use my faith. And so I, I think that's a powerful tool. How would you encourage someone, Christine, all this wisdom. Uh, for real, y'all. I could just listen it's, to Christine talk. I'm, I'm like, like 57. Mm -hmm. That's why. She's coming in November. This is a shameless plug for y'all to register for the women's conference. I am. Okay. I am. It's a free advertisement. <laughs> That's it. Register for the women's conference. Um, but practically, because I, you know, we, we talk with women and pray with women. You just, you can feel stuck. And I think sometimes uh, spiritual behaviors don't produce the change that people think it's going to, you know, like you're just reading and you're praying and you're showing up. But what is it like practically for a person to really make that decision to either be unstuck or not look back, but to begin to move forward. Sure. And it's not like a once and done. At the end of every right. chapter, I've got a lot of questions because it would be a lie for me to go, you know, with all my background that I went on one altar call and someone prayed for me. I fell over, got back up and went, Phew, I'm unstuck. This is it. It is a, a, an ongoing process and a daily decision. And there's a, 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 a number of things, but here I, by God's grace at 57, how I keep going is I just still do the basics every day. I have to make a decision. Listen, with my background, I am only ever one thought away from going back to thinking how I used to think. So when I'm in the Word, I'm not trying, it's not a pretty little quiet time. 
It is life or death for me. It's like I, I don't have the strength in my own strength to keep going. I have to daily be in the Word to renew my mind according to the Word of God. It's, you know, because our thoughts are like a train. They take us somewhere. It's just most of us jump on the first train of thought that enters our head, and then we end up in destruction. We Just because a train pulls into the platform of your mind doesn't mean you have to jump on it. You can wait until a train of thought from the Word of God comes into your mind, and you jump onto a train of thought that's going to take you to love and joy and whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is holy, whatever is of a good report. Think on these things. Yeah. So the beginning of all forms of being unstuck, it starts in your mind. I'm a very big person that, you know. And then you've got to disrupt your behaviors. And, and we've gotten into some really bad habits, girls. In the, it's very yes. quiet in this Presbyterian church, so I'm going to talk to this Christian section <laughs> over there. But in the last, you know, three to five years, um, I see what some of you post. I'm like, you obviously didn't have a quiet time today. And so, you know, you're just like, it's like we sort of got so caught up in the anger of the world that we forgot to be obedient to the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And all I'm saying is, it's like when your kids have a tantrum, Mm. you kind of let them go for a second, and now I'm back into the body. No, I never did, but, you know, some people do. But um, even, but if they've had... If there's been a particular reason, like they were bullied at school or something, you go, okay, I'm going to let them vent for a second. But I feel like right now in the church time, for those of us that are leaders, it's time to say, okay, we've all had a little tantrum for a second, okay? It's time to tighten up again. It's time to come into alignment with the Word of God again. It's time to start doing those things that we know to do but we haven't been doing. And there's no easy way to ever do that. Uh, you don't want to eat your peas, you got to flip and eat your peas. So we're basically at a time where, um, you know, to obey is better than sacrifice. A lot of us would prefer to sacrifice than obey, but this is a time for obedience, mm-hmm. I think, right now, yeah. is a key to getting unstuck. Girl, listen, you speak my whole love language. The whole, I'm for real. The message, I don't know if y'all were in church this past weekend, but this is like exactly what we were talking about, just the discipline of prayer, doing hard things, being consistent, because one thing about it is what comes out of you right, is what you keep putting in. It's the word of God. So that's why when someone asks a question, your answer is not Christine's thoughts. It's like, oh, Philippians 4, 8, oh, Philippians 3. Like you've got, you have to have the word because that's the only thing that's going to be effective, you know, in those seasons. So here, here's my, this is a off, like a, like a not on the script question. Because I, Christine has like 8.6 trillion followers on Instagram or something like that. And so I, I am always amazed at people who have such great influence, um, but don't steer off course to try to garner, you know, greater attention. How would you, I want to say encourage, but that's the sweet, I really want to say warn. (laughs) Um, How would you really warn us or challenge us for those of us who, it's what I call the buffet of Christian influence where once upon a time, in order to get a word, you had to come in a place to hear a word or be in a community to hear a word. Now you can just word, word, it's so much. And it's, it's like we're gorging ourselves on things and we're not discerning, we're not testing the spirits. And just because someone has a lot of followership doesn't mean they speak in truth, right? So how, how would you warn someone to, to be discerning as we are trying to really, you don't wanna, you don't wanna disconnect from culture. 
You know, I don't think social media is the devil or the culture. You just you want to engage but be wise. Testing the spirits. How would you really yeah, encourage or warn? I, that? I love that. I love that you said that, Jada, because I think the two and I'll be speaking a lot about this in the next year because I think the two most missing things in the church are discretion and discernment in this hour. Um, and my PA is here. My very close staff is here. I am not on social media a whole lot. I know that is very shocking, but I, I don't spend my life scrolling through social media. If I want a word, I go to the word. And I've got a, a group of people that, I'm, that are in my group, and I have a local church. I'm on staff at Mariner's Church in where I live in California. So my pastor, like I'm being fed every week by my pastor. Like, so I've always been a local church girl. In 35 years, I've only been in two churches, one in Australia and one here. So I... Um, I'm a local church girl, so I'm a very big believer that um, your pastor, and particularly being in this house, you couldn't get better fed if you tried. I am not looking for someone out there to try to um, agree with me about what I'm thinking. So you could scroll and find someone that's going to agree with your heresy wherever you want it to be. There is no problem about that. Or that's going to justify your sin. That's fine, because you're, you're going to get, but so-and-so said... Um, all I do, and if, even if you see what's on there, you're not often going to hear a whole lot about, I think this about this. I'm going to give you a word of encouragement, but I'm not necessarily going to draw you to me. I don't want to draw you to me. Mm -hmm. um, I want to draw you to the Lord and to your local house. I'm a, yeah. I'm a local church girl in that way. But you need to really think, don't... Um, in, in the spiritual gifts in the scripture, there is no spiritual gift called the influencer. So, um, you know, I just need you to discern. Say it one more time. Okay, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so God has given gifts for the building up of his the body. body. Influencer yes. is not one of those. Yeah. So if you are part of the body of Christ, you better be receiving from gifts that God has appointed to build the body, not gifts that are used to either divide the body or to exploit the body for their own gain. So be very, very careful about mm -hmm. that. So... You have to have wisdom in order for you to grow in that way. So you can learn and glean, but really be careful. Even when Paul says to, he says, follow me as I follow Christ or imitate me as I imitate Christ. Listen, the minute one of your influencer gurus stops imitating Christ, mm. block, mm. mute, unfollow yeah. d d immediately because your soul is at stake. Mm -hmm. This is not a joke. This yeah. is not about followers. We are not here to be so concerned about, I'm not really actually obsessed with how many follow me. I'm obsessed by how many are not following Jesus. I don't want people to like me. I want to become like Christ. Right. And so what we have to do is really discern, be careful mm -hmm. not to let the spirit of the age, see in the celebrity world, we're all like, who's the next latest and greatest? When the Lord mm. said to Samuel, I, you know, and I alluded a bit to this without giving this scripture reference. When the Lord said to Samuel, I have anointed for myself a new king. Mm. Samuel walked into Jesse's house and he saw Eliab. Yeah. Eliab looked just like Saul. Yeah. Eliab acted just like Saul. Mm -hmm. He was the same. So here's how even a prophet, so you can start right mm. and still miss God. Mm. So the prophet the Bible says he saw Eliab and thought, mm -hmm. be really careful what you see and think, and think. on social yeah. media. So yeah. he saw Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. 
And the Lord said, I have not chosen him. I have selected for myself a new king. I don't look at the, you, you all need to get there. God doesn't look at the outside. God doesn't look at like social media followers and who curates a beautiful public profile. God looks at who cultivates private intimacy with him in the Ooh. prayer room, not who's cultivating, a, a curating a public profile. So the deal is, for me, I really can be a step removed, and I think with integrity I could say this, because I got saved, I'm so old, I'm as old as the dinosaurs, so I got saved before there was an internet, mm -hmm. and I got saved before there was social media, so I know the difference between being marked by God and marketed by man. And if you don't know the difference between being marked or marketed, you won't even know if you've got anointing or not. And the spirit of the Lord might not even be on you and you don't even know. And it's the, this is why people can come to a site and be bound and engage with an influencer and still be bound a hundred years later, because it's the anointing that breaks the yoke, not a marketing plant. You need anointed ministers of the gospel so that the yokes are bound. And that's why people are still so bound and have so much access to so much content. I don't yes. want to give you content. What is content? I want to give you the yeah. word of God. If you yes. abide in the word, then you, yes. if you abide in my word, then you will know the truth. And that truth is the only thing Absolutely. that will set you free. It's the truth of the word of God. Come on, y'all, give it up for Christine Kane. Christine just gave us about 15 t-shirt slogans. <laughs> I just want to pray for you real quick. Listen, she's going to be in our marketing department because she just gave us about nine t-shirts. Uh, market, marketed, mark, we're going to talk about all of it. Can we just extend our hand forward? I want to cover Christine. She's got this new project, um, The Lord Needs faithful believers, faithful teachers of his word to get this truth out. In our atrium, you'll be able to buy and get her book signed. And so let me just pray for her and then you guys can meet her out in the atrium. Father, we are so grateful for you, that you know us, you know all of our stories and everything is intentional. Nothing is to be forgotten or erased, but just redeemed. And I thank you that in your daughter, Christine, you have given um, a, her a heart for you. You've made her a mouthpiece, like speaking as she speaks the oracles of God, as First Peter says, Lord. She teaches with a truth and a fire and a passion and an intensity and authenticity, a genuineness. She has a deep well with you, God. And the body of Christ globally for many, many years has been blessed. And we just pray right now that this would be a fresh wind, a fresh fire, a new invigoration in this brand new season, that you would continue to expand her territory, not just in the physical, Lord, but that she would continue to do battle in the spiritual, that people would come to know Jesus, that people through her trafficking ministry would be continue to be set free, Lord, that she would continue to be a faithful wife and faithful mother, a faithful teacher, a faithful friend. We just pray favor, God, because there's so much foolishness out there. We need the favor to go on the faithful. So we pray favor over this faithful daughter. Favor, blessing, protection, provision, providence. Would you part the waters, make the way, God, so that her ministry would continue to bring you glory every day that you open her eyes. We thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure to leave a comment, leave a review, share, subscribe, all the things, and we'll catch you next time.